This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome you here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host here for the next almost 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Um, we have to cut the show a little bit short as I have a, literally a plane to catch. So uh, anyway, we're here for you, here for your pets. So if you have any questions, now's the time to join us here at Pet Life Radio. A couple of easy ways to do it. Number one is you can give us a call, toll free 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can also join me here live on Pet Life Radio. You go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on shows, and you'll see a, a, a link that says Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Click on that show and you will join us here live. Meanwhile, we have been talking on my Instagram live show, our, our simulcast, if you will. And we uh, have a question that came in. Maybe we'll get straight to the question. And it's from Mama Sue. It says, my dog is licking his front legs. They are turning pink. What could be causing this? What could you do? Yes, allergies is high on my list. Sometimes when dogs, you know, we have dogs that are like thumb suckers or nail biters. It's, a, it's an anxiety relief. It's a stress relief. But they don't usually create damage. You'll see them licking, but it's so soft. It's so gentle. It's basically satisfying them, but it's really not, it's not hurting the skin. When you see skin that is pink or the hair is missing or it's thinning, then it's more likely an allergy. The question is to what? Is it a hypersensitivity just to the feet? I.e. think about something that they're walking on outside, thinking about maybe some fertilizer that gardeners are putting down on lawns. Those can be very irritating to dogs and that might cause them to lick their feet. Also, is it the top of the feet or is it the bottom of the pads that they're attacking them underneath in between the toes? Another thing we think about with foot chewing or foot uh, licking is food allergy. So what happens is when dogs inhale allergens, we call that atopy, then the lesions are usually in the groin, underneath the belly, sometimes lower back, sometimes ears. When it's on the rump, you think of flea allergy. That's where, when I see a dog who's thinning right around the, above the base of the tail, lower back, I'm going to look for fleas or flea dirt. But if it's feet and or ears or face rubbing, you have to put food on your list. Now, food is not nearly as common an allergy as we used to think, but it's still there. So if there has been any food change recently, anything he's been eating that he normally doesn't, any different treat, I will tell you that the most common food allergens are going to be beef, chicken, turkey, or poultry. And uh, as far as the grains, it's going to be corn and wheat. If you think your dog has allergies and avoid those four, you'll be probably 60, 70% ahead of the game. Now, what we have to often look for, if we do think it's food allergy, are some sort of foods that are we call novel proteins. That something that it's a food that only has one protein source and probably the dog has never seen before. Think of salmon, venison, rabbit, a bison, whitefish. So that's why if you notice in these pet stores now, there are so many weird foods out there that they've never been, you've never seen before. Um, duck might be a good one. There used to be one that was very good. Unfortunately, the public commentary was they didn't like to feed it to their dogs. And that was kangaroo. Meanwhile, in Australia, they loved it because kangaroos are such a nuisance. They, the fact they were going into pet food was great, but here we couldn't take it here. So uh, it'll be tough to find kangaroo. But there are all sorts of, you know, sort of unusual proteins that dogs can eat. And even if they were ultimately going to be allergic to it, 
the allergy for that takes sometimes eight months, 10 months, a year to start developing. So at least it gives you some relief for a while. Now, also, one thing you have to know, when you are going to change, switch over to a diet that is supposedly hypoallergenic, a novel protein, something that's new, understand that it could take up to six to even eight weeks to see the change once you've stopped that which you're feeding now. So it's not like an instant fix. So just keep that in mind. So, uh, and as far as bitter apple, I know a lot of, I have a, a product that's called Stop Bite. You can probably maybe find it. If you go to drjeff.com slash products, you might see Stop Bite there. In fact, I have a lot of my older products that are excellent products that are available online. If you want to get them at drjeff.com. So it's drjeff.com slash products. And it is my Dr. Jeff Pets line. And um, they are very effective. They are still very good, but we are now creating, as many of you know, a new line. So we are now trying to just sell off at a really amazing discount price, some of our older products, so they don't go to waste. So uh, anyway, think about that. So Stop Bite is good. Other than that, you may have to put booties on. Sometimes you just have, but what I would also do is wash the feet well. There is a couple of really good products out there also. One is a product with a little lidocaine in it. So if the feet are irritating, then that might be a good thing to try. It's a bactine with lidocaine, but Stop Bite is very, very effective. It is so bad. I had to, I tasted it once and it was like the worst, you know, like you want to pucker up. It was so, so strong. So I called the woman who was the chemist who made it for us. And she said, oh my God, it's really bad. He says, but you know what the antidote is? <laughs> this is great. I started eating more after her. This chocolate, chocolate takes the taste and that amazing effect away. So if you should ever spray it on your dog and inadvertently get some in your mouth, unfortunately, you're going to have to have some chocolate. So, uh, but you know, not a bad thing. I'll take that switch anytime. Okay. Next up inside of the front legs, that could be allergy though. So Baba Suja responded, she just started adding beef and that's when it happened. So that's uh, that's a good thing. All right. As you know, I like to peruse the news and I have some stories here. So <laughs> this is cute. It's our own fault that dogs have us and I quote unquote wrapped around their paws. So this is interesting. There's a a ratio of fast twitch muscles to slow twitch muscles in people, all all animals. And interestingly, faces of dogs, as far as the ratio of fast to slow twitch muscles, is greater than, as in people, than it is in their ancestors, which is the wolves. So therefore, they have the ability to really tell our expressions as they do. And so, so what happens is they might give a certain expression that we then respond to. So we think it's cute. So we have, you know, we build a bond, a relationship to animals that have some characteristic that we like. So when it comes to breeding time, you got to think that this is, you know, hundreds of years ago. When it comes to breeding time, the breeder, which animal are they going to choose to breed? They're going to choose the ones that they spend more time with, the ones that they bonded with. So that trait that caused the bonding, hopefully will get passed on. So we've, we've created the animals that we like based on our own personal preferences. So when the dog has the, like the puppy eyes, all right, that's probably an evolutionary phenomenon that caused by humans selectively breeding for that facial expression. And therefore now they have it. <laughs> and boy, are they using it to the max. Uh, they know, as any of us, you can't say no to your puppy, those puppy eyes, that's why. So horses also interestingly have summertime hazards. We talked about that, our summertime hazards. And so those of you that are horse enthusiasts and have horses, these are things you have to think about, okay? And that is dehydration, of course, heat stress, sunburn, photosensitization, insect bites, and uh, what they call 
pasture-associated asthma. And that is the, the dust from the hay and the pasture gets in and they develop an allergy. So as with any of these things, once you know it exists, they can be somewhat preventable. How? Very simple. It's just observation and management. You want to keep them, obviously you should know your horses, just like we know our dogs and our cats. Ample water, shelter from the, the heat and sun. You want to use mold and dust-free feed and protection from biting insects. So very similar, but again, prevention is the answer. Prevention is the key. So, uh, oh, <laughs> this is this is another story about how we, the effect that we have on the animals that are here. And this one is more like a, like how we screwed it up. And how did we screw it up? We screwed it up with some of the brachycephalic breeds. And in particular is the pug. So the pug's extreme features are causing extreme health problems. In fact, in the UK, the Royal College, which is one of the top veterinary schools in the world, says pugs should not be sold as pets anymore until breeding practices improve. So we talk about the flat faces that restrict breathing, the bulging eyes that these dogs are prone to eye ulcers, and their compact bodies are prone to obesity and spine issues. So they are really cute. As you know, I'm a Frenchie guy and we have Frenchies. And so what we love about when I think of the three breeds that are very similar in stature, you got the French Bulldog, you got the Boston Terrier, and you have the Pug. And they're very similar, except in order of cuteness, I think Frenchies, of course, but no, Pugs are great. Bostons are great. But as far as aggressive nature, Pugs are the happiest dogs on the planet. They love everybody. Frenchies are pretty close. The one of those three that I have the most problem with, I'd be very curious to know if you have this breed, Boston Terrier, how your Boston is at the vet. Because I have I have some Bostons coming to the vet and they are not happy to see me. So um, I'm just I'm curious. Anyway, while you're pondering that, anyone's Boston Terriers, to let me know, we're going to take a very quick break today because we're short on the show. We'll be back after these very brief messages. Don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we're here for you, here for your pets, and any other questions that you might have. Now's the time to uh, ask. So just send away. I'm watching my screens. I got my Pet Life Radio screen. I have my Instagram screen. So in the meantime, I've got some more good stories for you. So uh, this is really cool. Uh, a cool story. So, and always people think that, oh, my, they don't like cats. I can't tell you how many people I've met that just don't really like cats. I'm thinking, how do you not like them? Oh, they're so individual. They're not social. They're this, that, and the other. That's not true. They may not be as social as dogs, but that's the mechanism that's ensured their survival. But 
They are really cool. Um, you know, we have five. I'd say four of the five read the dog book by mistake. One, our oldest one, his name is Munchie. He's always been a little bit aloof. Actually, he's getting a little bit nicer. Not nicer. He's never mean. Just he just didn't love the attention. You know, compared that to some of my others like Ninja, who can't get enough. So, but anyway, this was really cool. So, cats know their own names, but probably also the names of other cats as well as humans in the household. So that's really cool when you think about it. All right. So. In one study, cats stared longer at unfamiliar feline and human images when a familiar name was called. So they didn't need to look as long if the image matched the name. So when they saw an image that wasn't one of their other cats, okay, in the household, and they heard a name that there was a familiar name, but none of the, their own cats were there, they kept looking longer. What do I say? When am I going to see my cat? And But as soon as they saw a cat that was there, one of theirs, or a person, they stopped staring. When you think about it, that's pretty amazing because sometimes, you know, we know with dogs, you can teach dogs words. For example, that famous chaser, the Border Collie, that knew over a thousand words. And that's fascinating, really. And I, mean, I know, you know, so many people come in and they say, okay, don't say T-R-E-A-T or, or don't say, you know, O-U-T or don't say whatever, you know, because they have their key words, walk or, you know, get the leash, get the cup. The dogs obviously pick up words and they know and they start reacting as soon as they hear the word. Cats, you, don't, you wouldn't think that they're not like that, but they really are. Cats do understand. And in fact, what we know about our dogs and their olfactory sense, their ability to smell, all right? And when you think of a cat, their hearing is as acute for hearing as the dog's scent is for smelling. So it's really amazing. They have amazing ears. Again, and when you think about being nature and their the need for their ability to hear sounds to prevent the predators from attacking. So that has ensured their survival. And so they have an amazing hearing. So, and I'm sure you've seen it. There are certain sounds that dogs don't like. Like if I have a piece of you know, aluminum foil, right? That I'm folding up to throw it out. Some cats hate that sound and they'll go running. They just hear certain sounds. If something drops or something falls over, it wasn't that loud. But for a cat, it's that loud. You'll, you'll, they'll just get up and, and move. That Just watching that behavior tells you that that's how sensitive they are and how fast, how fast they run. So it's really, really cool. All right, next, we kind of a story that uh, we um, talked about a little bit uh, last week about dogs being retrained. But this was another story about just airport dogs and detecting COVID-19. And it's a super high success rate. They're like in the high 90s. So it's like the dogs that were being used in athletic venues and in, in arenas because they, they could, they're not going to take a test, but a dog, they could walk by, a dog could sniff, and uh, they got right. It's, it's amazing. Okay, with our weather, our warmer weather coming up, here's a caution. So tick-borne diseases are on the rise. So if, for example, in Ohio, the Department of Health reported that cases of Lyme disease in people rose from 404 in 2020 to 542 in 2021. And there's also an increase of the canine tick-borne diseases, lycrolichiosis, anaplasmosis, and babesiosis. These are all tick-borne diseases. So tick is the vector. It is what's carrying the disease. And it, by the way, these obviously diseases don't affect them. So they pick it up. They can take it from one person. It's in their blood. Now they bite another person and they can transmit it. So very, very important to keep those flea and tick products on your pets. Uh, there are some great ones out there, despite the, the bad press that some of them get, which is, it's not really based on science. 
uh, is based on emotion are the isoxazolines. The isoxazolines are the newest group of flea and tick products. Uh, they include Brevecto, Semperica, Credilio, and Nexgard. Um, all very effective. If you also have your dog on heartworm prevention, you want to speak to your veterinarian because two of them, Credilio has Credilio Plus and Semperica has Semperica Trio. And the Plus and the Trio also take care of heartworm disease. So in one monthly chewable safe tablet, you are giving protection against fleas, ticks, and heartworms. Now, here's something to remember is that when you hear these stories about the seizures, it's not been proven that these products cause seizures. The issue is that every one of the dogs had a either predisposition to or ultimately had things like epilepsy. And because one isoxazoline seemed to have that effect, it doesn't mean the others will as well. A good friend of mine, Dr. Mike Dryden, is one of the top veterinary parasitologists in the world. He's now emeritus at Kansas State University. And I talked to him about all of these stories. His laboratory, there's not a flea or tick product on the market today that did not pass through his lab. So he's got the skinny on it. And I talk to him whenever I hear these stories. And when he tells me that he has his dogs on it, and uh, that kind of tells me that it's like any of these stories you hear, okay? They get sensationalized. It happens once and all of a sudden, oh my God, it, you gotta be careful. Think of all the, the commercials you hear on TV for products, new products for people, for all sorts of problems, for depression and for you know, psoriasis and all this stuff, right? Arthritis, I mean, and diabetes type two. And they give these commercials and you see these, oh, the wonderful couple and the family and enjoying life because of this new medication. And then at the end, what do you hear? Oh, and that guy who talks super fast and says, oh, and it can cause heart disease and, and even death, right? So do you see people running and returning theirs? They have to provide that information. It's from the FDA testing. And the, the classic story I tell, just tell you how insane some of these things are. And they don't even do their homework to find out, did this have anything to do with the medication? Or we well, got a guy who was 96 years old, had a heart attack. Happened to be on it, yes. He's gonna have a heart attack anyway. But no, no, it's because the meds, we have to report that. So a colleague of mine who is was a chief medical director at a very large hospital chain, great guy, super smart, Dr. Dave Boyette. He's a he's a board certified internal medicine, a veterinary internal medicine specialist. He started a company and it's a really cool company. Well, what they do is they make medicines for certain conditions that the conditions aren't so so common that a big drug company, a big pharma company wants to waste their time and effort on it. So he's got some really cool stuff they're working on that will have a tremendous impact on veterinary medicine. So one of the meds they were testing had their you know, test group of however many dogs, and um, they were giving all the data to the FDA to get the FDA approval. And during the course of the year or two years of study, whatever it was, two dogs happened to have drowned. Why? Because they live in a house with a pool and there was no fence around the pool. And as happens, some dogs drown right? Had nothing to do with the medication. So as they're going and they have to report when dogs drop out of the study, why did they drop out of the study? Well, this one had this problem. This one didn't do well on them. Whatever it is, two of the dogs drowned. So they wrote two of the dogs, you know, so from, from 100 to 98, whatever it was, it was obviously more dogs dropped out, but because of drowning. So when he reads the FDA report, it says, could cause drowning. Are you serious? The drug didn't cause the drowning. This dumb owner, this stupid dog, whatever happened, it was an accident. But, you know, you know, I always joke that our pool gate you know, around our pool is just as much for our dogs as it is our grandkids. We, I don't trust my Labrador. He'd stay in there all day long until he got tired out and he would drown. So, you know, to say that it was the drug that caused drowning, he wrote to them or called whoever it was. And they said, wait a second, the drug didn't cause the drowning. Drowning caused the drowning. 
Whatever happened to the dog? He fell in the pool. He couldn't swim. That caused the drowning. Nobody was watching him. That caused the drowning, not the drug. But anyway, they kept it in there anyway. So on this drug, just so you know, when it says it caused drowning, don't worry. As long as you take your, your, your precautions, your dog's not going to drown because of the medication. Anyway, frontline, Mama Sue. So here's the problem with frontline. Frontline, uh, going, let's go back to isoxazolines. Frontline, which is fipronil, the active ingredient. And Advantage and canine Advantage, which is omidacloprid, imidacloprid is, is the active ingredient, are both extremely safe. Not a problem. The problem is they were the first to the market, and we're talking almost 20 years ago. Insects, if you know anything about insects, they don't need close to 20 years to develop a resistance. So it's very important that you know that even though they're safe, and it still might work, I'm not saying don't use it, but you will not have the same efficacy because the front line that it once was. It once was one of the best. I used to recommend it all the time. And I was a national spokesperson for Advantage and Canine Advantage. I know them very well. I know the science, I, but it's nothing to do with the medication. It has to do with the amazing insects and how they are able to adjust and to modify their own genetics to survive. And they've done it. So when, you know, a lot of times it's almost like the body gets so used to it, or if you don't use it properly and you skip, let's say instead of four weeks, you go five weeks, the end of the four weeks, or you stop using, you missed a week, whatever it is. So the strong bugs, right? They still were alive. So now who is left to breed? The ones that didn't quite die. So now they've passed that trade on to their offspring and then to their offspring. So you can imagine after a while that you see a lot of resistance. So it is not uncommon for any medication on the market like this. I look back and you know one thing that my mentor, when I was in vet school, made sure to let me know because she thought I was a hot shot. She said to me, she goes, Jeff says, just don't forget one thing. Every five years, half of what was gospel is obsolete. That's how fast things change. So it's very important to know that when I look back, at my notes, and I'm out, you know, 38 years. I started vet school over 40 years ago. That, and I look at, back at stuff and say, "What? We used to use that? I can't believe it!" Right? Things change so fast. So it's not a surprising factor to me to see that the flea products and tick products that we use are also have to go through change. So anyway, you have it. And lastly, if you drink milk and you live in New York, just know that there is a farm, a couple of farms that using unpasteurized milk. All right. It's in a New York state farm. They are finding listeria. And one of the big animals, this is why I don't like raw foods, listeria, campylobacter, E. coli, salmonella are all very common infections, bacteria, because of either unpasteurization, because of raw. So just know it can happen. Yes, if you really want to be on a health kick, it might be good for you, but I would still recommend talking to a veterinarian, but I would still go with pasteurized. Anyway, that does it for us for today. We will be gone the next couple of weeks. Now on Instagram Live next week, which will be Memorial Day weekend, I will have a show. So those of you who want to join me, I would love to hear from you during the week, any topics that you want to talk about. Mark is going to be away, my producer, Pet Life Radio. And the next week after that, I'll be unavailable. So for the next two weeks, we are going to, next week, we'll, we will have an Instagram Live, but no Pet Life Radio. And the week after that, we'll have neither. So just so you know, that after that, by the second, was it June 5th, 6th, whatever it is, the following week, we will be back here live on our regular schedule here on Pet Life Radio and on Instagram Live. Thank you all for joining me. And again, if there are any questions you want answered, you want to talk about anything going on with your pet. And from the phone calls I get on AirVet, I know there are lots of things out there that you want to talk about. So, or you just want more information, you get it for free. Nothing wrong with free. And don't forget, if you are, want to see some cool products at really, really good prices, drjeff.com. 
slash products. And I have a really good stuff out there that, as I said, we're discontinuing the line completely. So um, I will, of course, let you know when the new line is ready. Have a great week, everybody. I will see you Instagram here live next week. And my Pet Life Radio, we will see you back in three weeks. And again, for Pet Life Radio, you can always reach me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. If there's any subject matter, anything you want me to, to deal with, talk about, help you navigate through what's ever going on with your pets, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and I would love to help you out. All right, so be well, everyone. And we'll see you, uh, you guys in uh, Pet Life Radio in three weeks and Instagram Live next week. Be well. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.